Welcome to the Stray Dog Film Lounge, the three stray dogs that bonded over our love of movies. I'm Colin. My name is Ross. And I'm Ian. And this week, we are first going to be talking about Ian's recommendation, which was... Watchmen. Watchmen. Uh, <laughs> and I watched the three and a half hour cut of it. <laughs> I watched the three and a half hour cut too, because I am loyal to this podcast and I'm loyal to our fans. I watched the, the, the theatrical cut, but I read the first three and a half chapters of the of the of the graphic novel uh, because I hadn't read the book at all. So that. That's something. Okay, so Colin, I know you have thoughts, and I'll probably be the only defender of this movie. So, Colin, unleash your hate. (laughs) So, I first saw this film when I was in fourth grade, and I thought to myself, wow, this is the greatest movie ever made. I love this. I even dressed up as Rorschach. Uh, for Halloween when I was in fourth grade, which unsettled a lot of my elementary school teachers. <laughs> they were very concerned. But I read the graphic novel when I was in high school. And even to this day, I can say without a hint of hyperbole or hesitation that it is in the top 10 greatest stories ever told. I think Alan Moore's writing of the graphic novel is just so masterful. The characters are just so complex. It's so well thought through. That I would say, like, if someone, like, told me, like, what's, what's the greatest story of a toad, I think Watchmen may come to mind for me. Hmm. So I watched this film again, and I watched the ultimate cut. And I think Zack Snyder just totally fumbled the ball with this adaptation, and that he's quite possibly the worst director to adapt the source material. Damn. He's directly copying a lot of the panels but he's like totally missing the point in every other aspect totally missing the subtext like i I really think Zack snyder would be a really good dp no he isn't he shot uh army of the dead army of the dead and that movie looks like shit (laughs) Um, that movie is that looks great it looks murky i i love that look for it all right i think i think for me if the cinematography is if it helps the story in some way, I kind of feel like that's uh, that kind of cinematography helps it. Um, but anyway, Colin, continue here. <laughs> Zack Snyder, good visual stylist. Mm-hmm. I would totally have him sued a commercial for my brand or a music video for my band. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like he's, he's, he, he's good at visual style. And he seems like a cool dude. He seems like a cool dude. He seems like a, a very friendly jock. I, mm-hmm. I could have a coffee chat with Zack Snyder, totally. Yeah. I totally could, yeah. despite my overwhelming hatred for this movie. The, the thing is, he just totally misses the point. Uh, like, this movie's the definition of pseudo-intellectuality for me. This is a movie that thinks it's way smarter than it is. And whenever I hear people praise this movie... It's because of the source material. Yeah. It's never because of the direction or the acting or anything like that. Like this movie is is says this this the shell of the graphic novel, which has basically all the bones of it, but no meat to it. All in all, hate this movie. We're not watching it. All right. Here's my here's my take is um, I I'm like kind of distant from Zack Snyder. Uh, I'm kind of distant from 
uh, you know, comic books and stuff. Like, I, I, I like Marvel movies. Oh, I liked them for a long time. That was, like, the most I was into. Like, the first few phases of MC was, like, the most I was, like, a comic book fanboy. I, I don't read comic books much. But when uh, I, I knew Ian... When Ian recommended it, and I knew that most of the previous critiques I'd heard of the movie is that it directly copies the source material while missing the point, I figured, oh, well, I better read the source material so that way I can see if that critique is true, uh, and also so that way uh, I I can say that I read it, and then you guys don't have to be like, Ian, well, in the comic, you know? Uh, (laughs) That's my job. Yeah, so... (laughs) I didn't have time to read the whole thing, uh, but I, uh, I I sought out the comic book via PDF because the library was closed, and <laughs> uh, and uh, I read the first uh, three and a half chapters, uh, and it's really good. And I think the Watchmen's strength is in its world building and the way it makes it feel like that this is like so fleshed out that it's like a real world. And we, it's just being depicted as uh, a, a comics, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, like as opposed to just being a comic book story. Like it feels sure. bigger than that. And we're just yeah. seeing it through uh, a lens of comic bookiness because it also has those like interludes of like uh, Hollis's autobiography and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That really like flushes it out. Yeah. Um, and then Zack Snyder's adaptation it just feels fake. Everything. <laughs> it's just like a movie. Like it doesn't. It's just like it. It's like it, it's using the dialogue. It's using. It's copying a lot of the panels. Uh, you know. But like when it, the things he chooses the ad to add, like the the needle drops are stupid. The score is terrible for this movie. The score is oh, so Oh, I disagree savvy. with you on that I so much. I hate this score so much. I, I'm going to get into that. <laughs> the co- the costumes look cruddy and rubbery. The way they depicted Rorschach's uh, mask as constantly morphing bothered me. I get what they were going for because it does change on each panel of the comic. So I get the logic of like, oh, well, what if it's constantly morphing every second? But I mean, the way I would have done that is like just have him wear a different mask each scene would have been a better way to translate that for film because it, it just, that just bought, like it was just a visual flair without thinking of thinking it all the way through, you know, yeah. like the fact that it's like, Oh, it, it's just, it's changing all the time. Cause you can't get into him, but it's like, how is that actually working technically? And that, yeah. that adds to the, the fakiness of it. It makes it feel less like a real world. Like I'm more accepting of, I'm more likely to accept the existence of a Dr. Manhattan than I am willing to accept the existence of a cloth mask where the ink on it moves around for some reason. Because Warsack is such a grounded character. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he's basically Batman, right? What I love is that Night Owl and Warsack is like if you divided Batman in half. Yeah, Yeah, that is kind (laughs) of interesting. It's so cool. Because there there aren't really any like direct equivalents, which is kind of neat. About, yeah. you know like he's like dr manhattan's kind of referred to as superman but he's not really superman he at could all. he could totally destroy superman in a second oh he could destroy or, anything yeah yeah, yeah. Like um, he, he's the most overpowered character but yeah but history. like the things the things he adds are like the slow motion's dumb the in the the rape scene 
uh, bef- like the the moment leading up to the rape scene where it's like a close up of her boobs, I thought was so tasteless. Yes, that's a perfect example of like totally missing the point of what this scene is trying to say. And it's got to look epic. <laughs> no, but like, why are you showing what? What? Why are you showing titties? Like, are we supposed to be? Are we supposed to be on the comedian side? Like, yeah. Do you yeah. want us to be on the comedian side? Do you want us to ogle at her the same way the comedians ogling at her? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's like. It, it's weird uh i don't yeah it's stupid because like that's not it's not like he's copying a frame of the comic with something like that that's not in the comic mm-hmm. i read it yesterday yes <laughs> i remember yes well, um, and then like another thing is like uh I, I while i did read the first three i did skip around on go skim through the comic while watching the movie to see how it's depicted it's like when uh when rorschach is killed and his blood splatter is in the shape of a, a Rorschach test. <laughs> that's not. That's ridiculous. That's not in the. I, I love that. That's not in the comic book. Like every everything is given so much in visual importance in this movie. Like it's so cool and badass. When like in in the comic, everything feels like futile and insignificant, and that's kind of the point, you know. Yes. Anyway, Ian, defend yourself. Okay, so I'm <laughs> I'm gonna start a little bit like Colin. My little backstory with this. So when I was, I want to say like I was 15 or 16 when this came out and I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it on like HBO. Um, and I, again, thought it was like the most badass thing I'd ever seen. And then I read the comic cause that's what the graphic novel got me interested in reading it. Obviously the graphic novel is better. Definitely. Uh, Alright, I'm glad we agree. You don't say it. <laughs> I agree that um, he doesn't understand the comic, but I will say for what he does, and this is at least just for me, it takes itself so seriously that it borders on parody and campiness. That the amount of gore and blood and nudity and just these gratuitous slow motion shots everywhere as 27 looking back on you know when i was 15 16 i laugh at the fact that there's like an overabundance of this gore and all this like ridiculous shit that doesn't have to be in the movie and it doesn't make any sense but it's something that i still get enjoyment out of and it's something that it still feels like a comic book come to life for me yeah the subtext is completely wrong but i'll say that i love the performances i think jackie earl haley completely steals it for me um which one's he he was rorschach oh he's rorschach and i forget who plays dr manhattan but uh billy crudup yeah billy crudup he was great they did a really good job at casting actors Mm -hmm. that are the spitting image of their comic the, yeah, book yeah. equivalents except matthew good as ozymandias ah, i'm gonna disagree with on that mm. matthew good as ozymandias is terrible that was a mm. terrible casting choice they they got this skinny boy with <sighs> these really weird vocal inflections i didn't know what accent he was going for and like he, he wasn't charismatic at all and also uh what's her name the the love interest lady Malene Ackerman. Yeah, but what's the what's the character's name? Lori? It's Lori. Silk Spectre 2, yes. I think. 
Lori Jupiter. Too many names. Anyway, yeah, Lori, I feel like in the comic, Lori had a bit more of like an attitude. I think that's because of a performance rather than yeah exactly like that's what i'm saying is like Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't i don't feel like the performance did that character justice she's just kind of i felt like she was just there because she's hot yes like they didn't she wasn't casted based on her acting because because she she was a model she was a model so yeah yeah (laughs) i will say that i really enjoy is the theatrical cut definitely cuts out the fat of everything because I watched the ultimate cut as well. If you're going to watch the movie in any way, watch the theatrical cut because it's shorter, gets to the point, and even though it's two hours and 40 minutes, um, it still feels quicker than the three and a half hours that Colin and I went through isn't the director's cut just like three hours no the director's is cut it... is three hours and ten minutes okay so that's like a middle ground if yeah you want. if you want what's in the extended cut that's not in the theatrical like is there anything significant that's like worth seeing not really it's just it's just the a... same thing but longer yeah that's yes. the best way to put it it's just the yeah. same thing but longer and like there's no there's no entire scenes that are cut out no oh yeah they're all, they're all. Oh, there? Like, i can't remember is there the newspaper man and the kid who reads the comic books oh yeah that's shit i remember that from the comic book that wasn't in there yeah and they do it no justice they do it no justice those characters are so flat in the movie and they're so deep in the comic book i agree with that from what I've read, I like them. I like that moment. I like them a lot. I think for me, and I will say like my favorite scene in the whole thing um, that I always, that always gets me because I'm like, oh my God, this is so good is the birth of Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I think that too. And also, that's probably also my favorite part of the book yeah. from what I've read so far. Yeah. The movie cuts it in a similar way to mm-hmm. the comic book, which I found very cool. Like, that way it's going back and forth from time to time. From him building the clock on Mars to... Yeah. In the, yeah. It's such a yeah. beautifully crafted sequence, both in the graphic novel and in the movie. And the yeah. score in that scene, Colin, is amazing. It's not as memorable as a lot of different scores, but at the same time, I enjoy the music that's in it. Not the songs that come from established artists. Not the needle drops. Yeah, the needle drops are done and all that kind of shit. Or the, you know, when they yes. have the rise of the Valkyrie and the fucking Vietnam segment. Where'd they um, get that from? Oh, God. The rise of the Valkyrie scene was so. <laughs> that's another shot that's not in the comic book that's like ridiculous. It's, again, I feel like with the yeah. movie, it's more about it looks so badass. That's the kind look of badass thing this look how bad look how badass it is seeing Dr. Manhattan kill these poor Vietnamese people. It's but the thing like, Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. It's so it's terrible. So, it's, it's so, so terrible, stupid. Yeah. But I feel like in the shots or the sequences that really work, it's incredible. Like the opening of the movie when um spoilers movie's been out so many years and same thing with the graphic it's okay novel. okay when the comedian gets killed in the beginning yeah um just even the slow motion fast motion i didn't mind and when he gets thrown out of the window i'm just like that it's fucking amazing of how it looks and sounds and feels 
and I get it. Not in the comic either. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Yeah. It's something that I really yeah. there are there are segments in this that I, I feel like visually are better than the graphic novel. Not in the writing, the context, the exposition, or whatever you want to say, but I think visually, the movie. Well, because I mean, it's a it's a movie yeah. with you know cameras and computer effects, <laughs> and you know, and, and a one hundred and twenty million dollar budget. Yeah. No, I think it's more that than that. That is a lot of money. It's definitely more than no, that. No, that's what I looked up. Um, it's one hundred twenty million dollars. I'm actually very curious to learn how they made dr manhattan like oh i know how to do that i know how they did it had they so how'd they do it they put on a bunch of blue leds with motion capture shit on it and on the actor oh so that's in every scene they were able to light him as if he would be dr manhattan so is is he walking around naked or is no, he he's in, not walking around naked he's walking is around he in like spandex he's like in his own clothes but they have all the motion capture spots on him. It's like normal performance capture tights, mm-hmm. but with glowing blue dots instead of... Yeah. That's interesting. It's really cool looking. The behind the scenes for the movie is really... It's really interesting of how they pulled off a lot of the effects. Do you think his penis is modeled after the actor's penis? And maybe Zack Snyder's. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> modeled after Zack Snyder's. Yes, that's, how, but, that's what I was going to say. So are you, are you telling me Zack Snyder is uncircumcised? Hmm. <laughs> but I will say, too, that I did, after watching the ultimate cut of this, I did watch the theatrical one, and I watched, because I'm not a huge fan, or actually, no, I fucking hate the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman, and that's a story for another time, but I rewatched like, sort of, because this is the ultimate and has like everything. And then I watched the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman. And everything's really solid up until the third act. I kind of feel mm. like that's those first two acts are definitely a lot better than most of the ultimate cut of Watchmen. Yeah. Um, I still have issues with it. Obviously that could be a topic for another time, but it's, it's something we're seeing how he evolves or what he does with comic book movies is interesting because I think this was his first comic book film. And then he did Man of Steel and then all the others. Yeah. But, but wait, no, is it, isn't 300? Oh a, yeah. A comic what am I thinking? Book? 300. Yeah. I wasn't it's a Frank fan Miller of comic. Yeah. A comic book that, fra- that uh, Alan Moore is very vehemently against. Yes, because Frank Miller did it. But also, it's, it's just so grossly historically inaccurate. Yeah. And I, I think thing. Alan Moore Alan is a real stickler for detail. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring this up. Alan Moore and Stanley Kubrick, they're kind of similar figures in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like Stanley Kubrick's more friendly. But no, definitely not. No, I, no, I, of course actually, not. <laughs> actually, when I think about it, Stanley Kubrick is a little like if you watch some interviews with Stanley Kubrick, he does seem he seems like, like a, a fun chill guy. guy. He seems like a fun guy. But you watch some interviews, if I'd want to get a, I'd want to get a burger with Stanley Kubrick. Oh yeah, he'll make you one too. <laughs> he, yeah, he loves make making one, yeah. burgers. I watched yeah. the yeah. making of The Shining <laughs> and him bullying the fuck out of Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a tragedy. So it's I'll tragedy. have to look at more interviews to yeah. see how he is. But um, 
but I just like just yeah maybe like younger Kubrick. He seems a little because he did more radio interviews when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He did and a lot then, of documentary filmmaking. Yeah, so he's like he seems like a like he's just a New York Jewish guy you from know. the Bronx. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, um, what I was gonna say is that I feel like Kubrick would have been the perfect director to direct Watchmen. Well, because throughout all of his movies, there's this constant theme of mankind's invent- advancements in technology bringing about its downfall, and that's pretty much Watchmen in a nutshell. So, and wait, should we? I, and also, you just reminded me, there's like a straight up Doctor Strange love homage in this movie yeah. that I'm pretty sure was not in the comic. No. Like they make <laughs> yep. they they make the war room look like the war room mm-hmm. from. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Also, book. they make Richard Nixon look so fucking ridiculous in this. And movie. it's great. It is not a good makeup job. They it did is to make that kind of like Nixon. Nixon. And he gets way more screen time than, than he, he does. Should. In the comic. <laughs> yes, he really does, and it's a terrible performance. I think it's a riot. Yeah, it's like not a laugh riot. They, they couldn't. There's got to be like professional Nixon impersonators that look like Richard Nixon, oh, right? But but like there's but gotta be e- even when like Anthony Hopkins played Richard Nixon in the Oliver Stone movie, like they didn't do a lot of makeup on him, but like you 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 clearly felt like he was Richard Nixon because he's Anthony Hopkins and he's a great actor. I mean, if he's not the main character, you got to make him look like Nixon so everyone's on the same page. That's Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Or you could just say fuck it and just say oh, different president altogether. Overall, um, this makeup in this movie is really bad. Like uh, the makeup on Carlo uh, Gugino, who plays Sally Jupiter, uh, Lori Jupiter's mom, looks terrible. That I'm gonna say was pretty bad makeup. And in the comics, he's such this old, decrepit woman mm-hmm. who just seems like such a shell of a person. And in the in the movie. Like, she looked like she's in her 50s. You know what I mean? Like, not even, like, close to what she's supposed to look like in the comic. Not at all. I will say that I feel like the her read on the character, that actress, for uh, the, the old one, mm-hmm. actually did kind of make the character make more sense to me. Like, you're, like, because in the comic, I was like, you're a rape victim. Why are you, like, happy with <laughs> this? But then the way, like, she performed it is, like, kind of like, ah, what's this shit, you know? Like, that's kind of her whole vibe is, ah. Oh, you know what? You know? Um, the <laughs> one scene works. that I don't remember, I don't think it's in theatrical cut, um, was when the original Night Owl gets killed. Um, yeah. I, that's, that's in the sort ultimate of, cut. Yeah. That I really liked. That was another really fun sequence. Where it's sort oh, of that happens. I haven't read all the comic yet. <laughs> so, do you want me to spoil it, or do you? Nah. Uh, yeah, read the. Just, just I want to read. Yeah, it. this yeah, is no, a podcast really about the Watchmen, Ross. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the spoilers of Watchmen in the Watchmen all right, podcast. All right, fine, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> okay. So, so basically, um, when he in the movie, the way they do it is this gang. Um, that's that bullies the kid reading the Black Freighter. Um, they find where the original Night Owl lives, and they basically beat him to death. But he has a pretty good fight, and he it like cuts back to when he was like back and forth when in he his was glory days. in his glory days. Yeah. And I just felt like that's it hurts so much to see him go after that. Like, 
Yeah. It just it, that was another great sequence that I definitely get why a lot of people don't like the movie, including Colin. Um, no, but no, I, I love just, this movie. I just think that like it's it's fun for me because I still get the enjoyment out of it. I read it now more as a parody than I do something to take super seriously. Um, as I yeah, I mean there is there is a satirical element to the the book. There yeah. was a there was a video a video essay I saw that compared it to the 60s Batman show and hmm. I think in a lot of ways that's true and mm-hmm. um, especially of how overly serious everybody is and the same thing with that is like they Adam West treated that role so seriously giving it a hundred percent and the same thing with this that's still different because the bat the Batman show that would they were definitely writing for laughs yeah like the but writers still, were g- the way were that they do in comedy the way that they do but, it but but adam west plays it so straight mm-hmm. that's what i mean yeah, yeah. like everybody yeah. plays this straight there's nobody who's in the movie that understands the movie that they're in i kind of disagree with that but certainly not the actor who plays richard nixon he's yeah, hamming it up well, no, it's not it. even about like playing it straight or not it's just like a matter of like realism i never felt like these people had an inner life it, it just felt like people reenacting scenes from a comic book whenever they were talking it never really felt like that was coming from them it just it, it just felt like a performance i never felt like i was watching uh people I, you know i, I agree like with it, ross except I've, for the performance by patrick wilson his performance this night hour truly felt like it had an interior life yeah. and he, he he really made the actors playing glory jupiter look really bad yeah yeah for sure mm-hmm. i mean yeah but also like i mean jack earl haley like is good as warshak he looks like the guy he you know the voice is funny Rorschach's but Journal, like 1985 yeah it just never I don't know. I, there just wasn't like a, a groundedness to it. And that might also be because the way it's shot, like him jumping on roofs just felt so phony. Yeah. Or when he uses like bat gun to go up in the comedian's apartment. Like, that's, I'm not just a, like... that's not a thing in the comic, is it? No, it's not. They never really explain in the comic how he gets to places. He just kind of shows up and that's sort of the bit. And that's what's so cool about him. That's what's really cool about him. I don't want to know how he gets to places. It's just funny that he can show up no matter what. Like, he just shows up in, uh, whatever, what's his face, his house. He just ripped the lock off. He's like, yeah, I ripped the lock off. (laughs) Yeah. I ripped the lock off. Help myself to some beans. I love how he doesn't take a coat from Night Owl when Mm -hmm. he goes, when they crash land in Antarctica. Yeah. He's just like, that is pretty funny. It's, it's, it's so cool. He's like, yeah, I'm warm enough. You know um, what I mean? That's kind of the character's whole deal is that he's like just very set in his ways. Yes. He ha- he hates change so much. One other scene I want to talk about. Colin um, might have something to say about this. Is Rorschach's first kill. Uh, in the movie and in the graphic novel. They're both pretty different. Um, in the movie, you know, he kills the the pedophile child murderer you know with the meat slicer with the little axe thing um i don't know my kitchenware uh (laughs) but 
when he does that, I didn't mind it so much in the movie. And I know in the from what I can remember in the graphic novel, he just burns the place down instead. What did you think about that? What's really interesting in the graphic novel is that he ties him to the building. Mm-hmm. He gives him a saw and he starts burning the building down and he's like, you can escape if you decide to saw your arms off. And so, like, it's, he gives him a choice, but he also punishes him. In in the movie, it just doesn't make sense with the Warshack character, in my mind, that he would just, like, give in to his emotions and just start hacking this guy up. Like, that just... Yeah. It, uh, and, it's just kind of... It's just, like, just look how badass it is that he's killing this pedophile. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not I good. mean, but then again, killing pedophiles should be depicted yes. as badass, to be fair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want positive pedophile killing representation. Outside of that fact, I I have oh. mixed feelings on it because I feel like for Rorschach, even prior to him just straight up killing people and just doing his own thing, I do feel like it's just, again, way too overboard. And it's just sort of the one spot in the movie that I just feel... It's like that's where I was like, eh, that's kind of weird. That doesn't even mm. fit with the realm of like all the rest of the gore and shit like that. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. So then it looks, um, you know, like oh, badass music video shit like that. So yeah. I mean, Jack Earl Haley, he sells it. You know, I still uh, love his performance. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I enjoy the movie. Um, a graphic novel is definitely better. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, what's also kind of funny is back when the movie came out, I don't know if you guys read the reviews for the film, but there was a lot of four out of four stars and a lot of positive reviews coming from critics at the time. Hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to think. You know, back then, oh my god, everybody loved it. But well, what what year was this? Two thousand nine. So it was like what? one of the first R-rated superhero movies. And but also, like, what was the yeah? What was the superhero landscape like? Didn't was, Iron Man come out the same year? No, Iron Man came out a year before. The most successful superhero yeah. movies up to that point was stuff like Batman, uh, Spider Man, some of the X Men movies. Yeah, And there was a bunch of experiments that they had in between all of those. I guess, like, for a lot of people, this is the first time they had seen... Like an R-rated. Uh, an R-rated comic book movie mm-hmm. that directly uh, adapts a story as opposed to just, like, adapting the characters mm-hmm. to a new movie story, you know? Yeah. But, no, it's, like... It's pretty uh, much the exact same story with a few exceptions. Yeah. But yeah. Terribly but, like, told. Because, you know, Batman yeah. isn't just re- reenacting a comic book directly. It's, it's, it's own taking thing. a lot of liberties, it's you know? Yeah. You know? Stories same and, with, like, Iron Man. Like, every yeah. superhero movie is just kind of taking liberties, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not the first to do it. Uh, Sin City did it better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Over yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, it's... The acting is way better, and there's also... The comic book feel. Mm-hmm. This is so much more there. It's yeah. beautifully done. It doesn't look cheap, even yeah. though it is it's supposed cheaper. To be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, even yeah, even though it is literally cheaper on like a tiny green screen set the whole time. And then also the fact that Robert Rodriguez wasn't the only director. Frank Miller. Uh, Frank Miller co-directed. Oh it. shit! So it's like the so the intent 
and and Robert Rodriguez said like he wouldn't do it if Frank Miller wasn't co-directing because mm-hmm. like intent and messaging like matters to yes. them, and he didn't want to butcher Frank Miller's work. Unlike Zack Snyder, <laughs> who just okay, like so question for the both of you, and I'll yeah. keep it for I'll I'll say my answer last, but. If you guys can make it, like, adapt any comic book or superhero character, what would it be? Can I, can I answer this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead. It. I got things about uh, this. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> the, my, my answer for this would definitely be Alan Moore's run on Swamp Think. Oh. A lot of people talk about V for Vendetta. A lot of people no, talk about Watchmen. And they're dude. both great. Mm-hmm. But Alan Moore's Swamp Think covers so much theological and ecological so ground. Good. It's so poetic. It's so badass. There's some awesome uh, John Constantine uh, mm-hmm. appearances all throughout. It is a wonderful, wonderful story that is severely overlooked. And my sister being the special effects artist that she is, I would be so excited to see her make the Swamp Thing. And I think we, we could really just make something truly beautiful with that movie. Uh, that's, a, that's a great fucking choice. And that's an awesome run. Um, Such a good fucking run. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. Mm. I know they did a little something that when like DC did their own streaming service for two minutes, they had like a season of Swamp Thing. I can't find it anywhere. I really want to watch it. Yeah, uh, I don't really read enough comics to come up with a good answer. Okay, do uh, you just have like a general one that you know of that would be interesting? Who's a to hero you? that you like? Who's a yeah. who's a superhero that's like that guy's cool? I mean, it'd be fun to do a Spider-Man movie. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I could do a good Spider-Man movie, um, no doubt. Uh, and like, I think we all know, like, you don't need to be like Tim Burton made good Batman movies, and he wasn't really that into the comics. Yeah. Are they so good Batman movies, though? Do you yeah, guys they think are. those are good films? I fucking love those. Yeah, they're movies. good movies. Yeah. Good movies. Yeah. Okay. Like whether or not they're good adaptations is like up for debate. That doesn't really matter to me for like, but and also like, that's probably a reason yeah. why I really like this movie. Um, <laughs> so it's because yeah. it's just like, it's just like the comic book, but you know, it was like, but Sin City did that better though. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I don't get is yeah. like, so like, what's the point of this movie? If Sin City already exists. Also, so this it, movie didn't do too well. Uh, it, no, it, it like it made, it made $185 million on a $120 million budget. Mm-hmm. So, so after expenses, it only made $65 million. I mean, yeah, there's which... a reason why, like, Deadpool making as much money as it did was, like, a big surprise. Mm-hmm. was because there was, like, this movie kind of, like, created a precedent for R-rated superhero movies not working. So, yes. Right? So for me, yeah. take a guess of which character or run I would adapt. Batman? Batman? Okay, Batman. Which, which one? The Killing Joke, maybe? No. Um, uh, year one, I don't know. The, the long Halloween. The long just Halloween. I'm just listing off titles of I've heard on the street. <laughs> on the street. On the, on the street. street of Borden Town. <laughs> I've never read these things, but you know when I walk around the street, I hear people saying, long "The Halloween. long Halloween." I really want year okay, one. I'll, do you guys Killing have any joke. guesses, Colin? No. What is it? A uh, bit of victory. Dark victory. Dark victory is mm. really good. Yes. But no, um, I would do the Dark Knight Returns. Oh, of course. How did I forget that? You literally Dude. texted me saying that that's your favorite graphic novel of all time. Yeah, 
I oh fucking love that thing from start to finish. That was the next finish. one I was going to list off. I should have yeah. said it. Start Frank to Miller's best work by a long shot. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. That, yeah. That's something where I um, I remember reading that. That was like the first Batman thing I ever read. And when I was just like, holy shit, this is the greatest book I've ever read in my life. And it was yeah. just, I mean, obviously, I read better books afterwards. But I still say it's my favorite version of batman it's something that i will say ross if you ever get the chance yeah i'll, I'll, I'll give it a read like i don't i have nothing against mm-hmm. you know it's just i think it's don't more read the like sequels <laughs> i think it's more because like i didn't start when i was young like reading comic books feels like a really daunting task you know it's like, where do I start? The good news is there are only 20 pages. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Colin, what, what was uh, your first comic book? Ooh. Uh, my first comic book was probably definitely The Amazing Spider-Man. Which one? I actually have a pretty important backstory with comic books. When I was in pre-K, I wasn't learning how to read. And the teacher was just like, we got to hold him back another year. This kid really doesn't know how to read. Uh, none of our teaching techniques are working. And my dad's sweetums was says like, don't worry. I know just the way to get him to read. You know how to do it. <laughs> and guess what he did? He read comic books with me. That's and awesome. comic books was my way of learning how to read. That's beautiful. I, I do want to mention that, like, that's kind of similar for me. I wasn't a comic book kid, but I was, like, a comic strip kid. Okay. So I, I'm in my closet right now. I'm recording mm. my closet. Like, I'm just looking at my bookshelf i like you know i have some peanuts comic collections i have a collection of zilbert comics uh you know i have a uh any Garfield in there i um i might i might have used to i don't see them anymore uh what about the far side uh i do have some far side co- books yeah so Colin, that's it is great Colin, yeah. it was amazing fantasy number 15 Amazing Fantasy number 15. Was that the one? Because that, that was my first comic book. No, I, I I think my first comic book was... I really should know the number to this. It was when he was fighting the Jackal and the Tarantula. Oh, I, did, I don't think I read that one. <laughs> In the original Clone Saga. The original Grand... The original Grand Stacy Clone Saga is another, mm. uh, another franchise that I would just love to adapt into a movie. Not with Tom Holland, because I do not... Tom Holland's a good boy. He's a good actor. He's not my Spider-Man. He's not my Peter Parker. What I really love about, I guess, my little backstory for comics is it was able to teach me a lot of lessons that I didn't understand. Like Amazing Fantasy number 15. The whole thing is about responsibility. And I absolutely love the way the whole thing is structured, the artistry. And, like, I totally got it. And the only reason that I read it was because I wanted to read it before I saw the first Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So, when I read that, I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. And I completely understand what responsibility means. So, that's my little backstory. That 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 was the first Spider-Man comic, right? Yep. Well, it was the, the first one. It was the last... The first one. It was the last amazing fantasy um, or I don't remember if there was more after that, but I think that was the last one. Stanley was working for someone at the time, and that comic was pretty much dying. And he was like, you know, 
can I do one more? And his boss was like, sure, do whatever you want. Doesn't matter to me. And then he wrote Spider-Man. Stan Lee was truly woken like a dog mm -hmm. back in the 60s and 50s. He was releasing 20 comics a month. Like, uh, like he's Stan the man. Did he write all of them? Yes. He didn't. Well, he didn't write everything, but he. But he wrote like the main Spider-Man line mm -hmm. and like the main like Fantastic Four and like. Yeah. Like he he had a specific writing style where he would write an outline, mm -hmm. and basically the artist would draw the outline and then he would create speech bubbles around it, yeah. and he did that because he had so he was like the only writer at Marvel. <laughs> so how how do you do that as an artist okay so the artist has to just draw the story visually yeah and then like so like here's a scene of the 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 the, the fantastic four all talking in the lab and then exactly. oh here's the fight and then yeah. that's kind of that's actually a pretty smart way to do it alan moore yeah. has a point where he says that he doesn't believe that he wrote an essay about this where he says that stanley did not create uh spider-man steve ditko did because uh, uh, Stan Lee only gave him the outline, and Steve Ditko was the guy who actually drew the design and everything like that. And yeah. so there's, there's a very strong point that he makes that uh, Stan Lee was kind of a hack and stuff like that, because he never truly wrote the comics, he just gave the comic book all his ideas and then wrote in dialogue afterwards. But but he was the he started it though yeah. like he planted the seed first so like that yeah yeah like it's up for debate yeah that's definitely it's totally um, up for debate yeah. yeah yeah but I I mean it's like I guess like I I would say he he created Spider Man but Steve Ditko wound up contributing more technically like because I feel like I mean drawing is harder than writing mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean how many times did he have to draw Spider Man yeah, damn have to that's figure tough. that out of design. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Peter Parker is really relatable. I yeah. I really love how simple the character is because that's another that's like another character where you can adapt and change it up every single time. Oh yeah. And the same thing with Batman. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with uh, the DCU or the DC Cinematic Universe or however they they're saying it now. What James Gunn is doing with Superman. I, when I read it was like, oh, they're going to do a younger version. I'm like, well, thank you. They're finally doing that. It's going to be like Smallville. The yeah. Movie. And like, isn't no, I yeah. don't think it's like Smallville. I think it's supposed to be like early journalist days. Okay. Yeah. Superman year one kind of like That's kind early, of cool. like early journalist. Like he just got his job at the Daily Planet or whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't want to see his origin again. It's like they did it perfectly in the 70s. Yeah. And then it yeah. got. Yeah, I like the day. I like the idea of it being like, like s similar to Matt Reeves' Batman, where it's uh, like he's just started, but like we don't really need the origin. It's just like we a year or two after he started. Yeah. It's, it's him loading how to fly, kind of. No, no, like mean? he already knows how to fly. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I, like... I mean, I mean, no, no, no. Metaphorically speaking, yeah, like, like <laughs> Batman is is learning how to be Batman. I want, yeah. I, I want to see Superman. I don't want him to learn how to use his powers. I want to see him, like, learn how to stay optimistic despite all the corruption around him. I don't want people looking at him like he's a god. Yeah, please, no, enough like, with that problem. That's a big problem with, like, Snyder. And by the way, here's my hot take. Superman is not Jesus. He Superman is, is Moses. Yeah, that's how he was, right. that's how he was written. 
He was written by Jews. He was put in a little pod to escape danger. He's fucking Moses. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> He's li- His origin yeah. is basically Space Moses. Yeah, that's all it He's is. He's literally Space Moses, yeah. And yeah. it's something that, I mean, originally in the comics, he wasn't able to fly. He was only able to leap bounds. And then in the uh, Fleischer cartoons from the 40s is when he started to fly, and they just adapted that into the comics. Those Fleischer cartoons are amazing. Oh, they're awesome, and they're in the public domain. Are they? Yeah, they're in the public. But it's domain. like if you want to if you want to get like good transfers of them, you still have to pay some money. Like I don't think it's easy to find like properly formatted like HD. Oh yeah, prints. No, you of, you yeah. could easily find some Fleischer cartoons in like a in like a Salvation Army, but it's gonna look like yeah. Crap. Like I I have yeah. a really shitty VHS tape of like a few of the Superman cartoons, and it's just like it's like unwatchable. Yeah. But like I've seen a few on YouTube of like like HD scans mm-hmm. of the prints and like re- restored and they were like gorgeous. Like I want to get a Blu-ray of it. Uh, it looks awesome. Well, they're great. Let's uh, rate Watchmen from one to five. Yeah, Colin. Uh, <laughs> am I going first? You're going first. Okay. One. Oh damn. I hate this. I almost <laughs> gave it a goose egg. I almost gave Damn. it a goose egg, but but I don't want to be that host, so okay. I'm giving it one. Okay, so Ross. Um, I mean, I mean, I gotta respect, like, even if it's like a bad adaptation of a source material, like it is still taking stuff from a good source, so like that kind of factors into it. Uh, and like. There is undeniable craftsmanship in some of the effects. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to go, t- I'm going to go like two out of five, maybe two and a half. Two and a half? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, two and a half. You guys are going to hate me, but I'm going to give this four out of five. Okay. All right. I mean, that's not like... <laughs> If you gave it a five out of five, I'd be like bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say I would, that. I would mulch off. I would mulch off. Yeah, but, no, no, no. But yeah, I mean, I, I like. It's, it's funny, like, like when I when I realized how much I hate this movie, I'm like, okay, Ian and I are going to have a very large, intense argument about this movie over the podcast because I I, I thought that like you absolutely love this movie. And I'm gonna, I was kind of come down and just like trash it, and you'll be like, "No, that's not true. That's not true." And, and, and like, I tried to like defend the movie at all costs, but you see, more like a Watchmen apologist. You, you move a Watchmen apologist rather than an Odin Watchmen zealot. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a lot of people online who, like, if you criticize the movie, they're like. Oh fuck you! Zack Snyder's fucking amazing. Blah 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 blah. That's what I was expecting. I'm I'm more of just looking at it honestly. If my reading of it is this is a fucking campy movie, to me it's a campy ass movie. I do appreciate like the lack of irony. Yeah, that that, that was also like fun. a lot of a lot of a lot of current MCU movies can't take themselves seriously I anymore. Think, I think if it was in the hands of someone, someone like. I don't know, maybe uh, George Miller. George Miller or Chris Nolan, I feel like, I would, could do it pretty well. Or 
Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah, I mean, that's he already actually... did it. He already did. Yeah, he already yeah. did it with Sin City. Robert Rodriguez. Let's do it again with Watchmen. Yeah, why not? But then again, it could be like, is this a story that speaks to Robert Rodriguez? Because like, I don't think so. You know, I don't think so. I think yeah. that would be cool to see, but I, I would say, I would say George Miller. I feel like that would be an interesting choice. If he, he could definitely do something with it. Interestingly yeah. enough, Terry Gilliam was set to be directed mm-hmm. in 1991. And he called it unfilmable. <laughs> there are a million dropped Terry Gilliam projects. Mm-hmm. And there's a million dropped Watchmen projects. Oh, since the 90s. How's the how's the HBO show? It sucked. I haven't seen it. It, it sucked. I, I've heard good things about it. I didn't like it. So, like, are, like, is, like, Rorschach and, like, Dr. Manhattan, like, are they in it? Um, no, it's, like, that aftermath yeah. of Ozymandias' oh. scheme. Yeah, so it's, Oh, that's that sucks. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. good. I, I saw a couple episodes, and I was like, this isn't for me. Maybe other people can get a kick out of it, but it's not for me. Because I remember, like, hearing about it, and I was, you know, people were like, oh, it's so politically relevant right now, and it has a lot to say about, you know, vigilantism and police brutality and, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll check it out. But, I mean, I may give it a shot. I mean, I, I, I really am an Odin uh, Watchmen fan of the graphic novel, mm-hmm. so I feel like I should do my civic duty and just check out all the IP related to Watchmen. Don't read the prequel comics. Do not read the. Prequel. I would not. But they were bad. Not planning on it. <laughs> Very not bad. Oh, isn't that? Don't those like bring it into the DC universe or some shit like that? Yeah, I think I can't remember. I, I read them when they came out, and I watched like Quentin reviews did a video about it. Oh, he did, and he said like, yeah, yeah, and he like he explained it, it was some weird. I'll have to watch it again. Yeah, I read them when they came out, so they sort of like if there's something I don't like or there's just I have too many things going on shit usually goes in and out of my head really quickly so that i just remember i just didn't like it so so anyway do we want to move on to uh next week's episode what's what's happening yes. yeah all right Ross, so what's this the, is your first pick all man. right yeah yeah so much a lot of pressure yeah man. like it's taken a while to get to this moment okay and i'm like i'm partly tempted to just make you watch uh uh, Game of the Taurus Pinocchio, but I'm not going to do that. I think you guys should be able to watch that on your own time Without for your own homework. pleasure. I don't, I don't want to assign okay. that as homework. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for home, for your homework, I'm gonna assign. Uh, you know what? Let me start over. You can cut this out. I did a bad job prepping this. All right. Okay. <laughs> what about we talk about the the new movie that we're yeah the new next week new movie. Yeah, let's start yeah. over. Yeah. So so Colin, what's the so Colin, what's uh what's the new movie we're watching next week? The new movie that we're watching next week is Infinity Pool, and featuring Infinity Alexander Skarsgård and the great Mia Goth, who we all love so much. I love Mia Goth. Mm-hmm. She's I so love good in Pearl. She's, She's so good I in Pearl. I haven't seen Pearl yet. I've seen you, X, and she was great in that. Oh, well, you'll you'll love her in Pearl. Yeah. X is uh, pretty good. I like that. I like, per- I, I like Pearl more I than didn't X, see actually. Pearl, so. Pearl, is, yeah, Pearl, see Pearl. Pearl is way better than, than X okay. for me. Cool. Um, Mia Goth, is, she has a really good monologue in it. It's really She's really good in it. Yeah. Um, but more important, but not more importantly, but... No one's more important noting. than Mia Goth. No, what's more important than Mia Goth, but worth noting is that this movie is going to be directed by uh, David Cronenberg's son, 
I believe his name is Brandon mm-hmm. Cronenberg. The son of Cronenberg. And apparently his style is very similar to his father. Yes, it is. Uh, he, he made this movie called Possessor. That was really good. That my good. sister loves. Really fucking I've heard good. a lot of great things about mm-hmm. it. And so, uh, yeah, looks, I'm excited for this it, movie. From what I've seen, his style looks a lot like his dad, but more neon. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That's a good way of putting <laughs> Basically. it. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. I like yeah. that. I like neon. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, yeah. Let my let's move on to uh, my uh, yeah, older pick movie recommendation. Yeah, uh, my pick of the week rec, is uh, Run Lola Run, the German film from 1998. Okay, how can I find that? Because I know it's German. So like, is uh, it okay. super available? Because like, I've always wanted to see that movie. So good fucking choice. Um, yeah, I'm pulling up yeah. Just Watch right now. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and even if we can't find it anywhere, like. Ian, we're both pretty familiar with the Seven Seas. I, mm. I I think we can find this movie. You can rent it. You can rent it on uh, Amazon, Vudu. Oh, great. Okay. Um, Apple TV. I, I, it's probably on. You could probably rent it on YouTube as well. I remember for a while it was free on YouTube, but not anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll be watching it on uh, a DVD from uh, an antique store. <laughs> It's like one of those like early or no, it's like one of those early DVDs from like, you know, like late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like uh, two sided. So one side is widescreen. One side is. Yeah, standard. baby. Yeah, I love nice. that. Shit. I'm um, excited to watch this movie and it's a sword one. Yeah, uh, like, exactly. Yeah. Th- this seems like an apology for Ian's take. Be- yeah. Because I- yeah. Ian made us watch this like is, a three This is how you. In- this is the this is how you assign homework, Ian. You know, because <laughs> we're yeah. busy guys. I will drive to Red Bank. I know where you live, Ian. You better not. Yeah, bull. Yeah, dub user Vs. Yeah.